TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Again, a couple minutes late into the 5 o'clock hour means we're only a couple minutes closer to saying hello to Nick Bosa, who's going to be joining us sometime 5.15, 5.20. We're looking forward to uh, talking to... Uh, a man that Peter King just said absolutely is going to get his defensive player of the year vote. He has been absolutely spectacular. Um, you know, when I look at, at what Jimmy G's future holds, Jimmy G finally holds in his hand what his future might look like. Like it's his option going forward. And I think that Jimmy is going to look around the, the Niners and say, well, they basically have a younger version, a much less expensive version of me right now. You just said yourself, Ray. There's literally almost zero drop-off between Garoppolo games to Purdy games. And they've got Trey Lance, and they're not coming off of that investment. And by the way, I can wear the white hat and ride into a couple of different NFL towns and instantly be the guy who is the rising tide that improved all the boats in the harbor. How about this? Jimmy Garoppolo, New York Jet. Uh, I don't think the Jets are good enough. And I think one of the advantages that Garoppolo has had in his time here is that for three of the last four years, he's been on an exceptional team. The Jets are not that. And they are not just a quarterback away. I think they're good. They're not the same. They're not the ha, 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 You're a joke, New York Jets. That only means they're better than a joke. But they managed, after a great start, to fall completely off. They're going to miss the playoffs yet again. So they're not, by any means, a complete team. But what if I told you that uh, all their problems, not all their problems, obviously the quarterback doesn't play defense and the Jets have had some defensive problems, but they've also had a very stout defense at times this year. What if I told you that all their problems on offense were related to the quarterback? And I, I think I can prove that here. Um, Jets quarterbacks, where they've been ranked in quarterback rankings over the last few years. So we'll start in 2018. Back in the Sam Darnold still might be our guy era. Sam Darnold in 2018, uh, Darnold was 31 out of 33 quarterbacks in terms of uh, QB ratings over qualified quarterbacks. 2019, he improved, but not much. He was 27 out of 32. In 2020, Sam Darnold regressed even further, and he was 35 out of 35 qualified quarterbacks. So couldn't get worse from that. They moved on. Zach Wilson, 2021, was 31 out of 31. 
Zach Wilson, this year, 33 out of 33. The Jets have had nothing shorter than the single worst qualified quarterbacking play of all qualified quarterbacks in football going on the better part of five years now. Robert Sala knows Jimmy Garoppolo and I think is going to say, go get that guy. Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, and Baker Mayfield are going to be the three best quarterbacks on the market. I and think, I think Garoppolo fits well in New York. I really do. He might, but I think there are two flaws in the argument. One is they still have an investment in Zach Wilson. I don't think they're cutting him loose. So he's still going to be there. And I think they're pinning their hopes not on the market, but on Mike White. I think Joe Flacco's out the door. Uh, they also have Chris Streveler, who they really like. Sure. So I don't know. Well, maybe not. But, you know, unless they're going to get rid of him, too, for Garoppolo, they have a starting quarterback in white. And they have a relatively cheap backup in Streveler and another backup who they may want to use as a trade piece later in in Wilson. I don't know how they feel about Wilson. They keep saying he's still one he's still our guy, he's still our guy, but they hate when he plays. So I think they can get accomplished what they want to get accomplished with Mike White as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo. And for much cheaper. And I think the Jets are the kind of team that worries about cheap. I with the New York Giants back in the playoffs, you don't have time to just twiddle your thumbs if you're the New York Jets. They've twiddled their thumbs very successfully for a very long time. And by successfully, I mean they've perfected twiddling. They're, I mean, I don't see that as a progressive operation. And I don't think they're going to go, you know what? You drafted a quarterback two years ago. You drafted him second. You got in us nowhere. I'm not trusting you to bring in another one. We got Mike White. That's who we're going to use. I I don't think it's a bad idea that you're suggesting, but I think the Jets are probably the wrong situation, both for him and them. Well, where, where's the right one then? I don't know. You know, And I'm not convinced that they're going to let Garoppolo go anyway. It's not up to them to let Jimmy go. No, if Jimmy but he wants might, to go, but he, he might he might believe he can beat Purdy out. And he might decide, you know what? They make the money right. And it doesn't have to be another $26 million deal. I mean, his new baseline is what he's getting paid now. So if they don't have to all of a sudden, okay, we reduced your salary by 75%. Now we have to increase it by 75%. They can get him at a significantly lower cost than they were looking at two years ago. And they might decide, you know what? We're not still not sure about Purdy. We are pretty sure what we get in Garoppolo. And if we keep everything else, we'll be fine. We'll wrap up the Niner talk here to talk a little Warriors before we get to Nick Bosa. And when he joins us, we'll obviously get right back to football. But the 49ers have quite an opportunity in front of them this weekend. They are alive for the one seed. They beat the visiting Cardinals, who are starting David Blau at quarterback and will not have DeAndre Hopkins as a wide receiver. And if the Eagles lose, the Niners are the top seed. If the Eagles and the 49ers lose, while the Cowboys win, Dallas would be the top seed and get the bye. If the Cowboys and the 49ers lose, the Eagles remain the one seed. 
Again, the Eagles host the Giants at 125 on Sunday. That is the exact same time that the 49ers game is kicking off. It is the exact same time, Ray, that the Cowboys are visiting D.C. to take on the... Uh, take on Sam Howell. The, the worst mascot ever rolled out in Week 17 history. Have you seen Commander... or Cap, What is it? Captain... Captain Tutty. Captain Tutty. Wow, that's bad. It's bad on so many levels. I mean, starting with, it's unsightly. Two... They're trying to claim that, oh, Tutty is what the young kids call a touchdown. Not really. Not really is exactly right. And third, the guys who were the hogs are suing the team. So it's just a reminder of the fact that when you come come in contact with the commanders, you're bringing a lawyer. <laughs> so it's, a, it's, a, it's an awful idea on every level. But it's Washington, so of course it's a bad idea on every level. That's what they are. How much fun is that 125 window going to be this Sunday? Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Scoreboard watching galore. Uh, the Vikings play earlier in the morning. Kyle Shanahan was talking about how uh, it all rolls out at the same time the Niners are going. I mean, I, I think about a lot of that stuff. I don't talk about it all. We'll see how it plays out, and we'll see what the situation is. And I know one thing, we um, would love to be the one seed. But right now we got the two seed, and we want to make sure we at least stay the two seed. In order to do that, we need to win. Um, maybe if Minnesota lost before us, that wouldn't be the case. But I'm counting on us having to win to get that. And um, we're not going to know until the game's over whether we have a chance at the one seed. So the way it plays out, to me, there's only thing, one thing that guys should be worried about and our team should be talking about, and that's beating Arizona. But, of course, the follow-up question has to be, as they run through other scores on LED boards in your stadium, will you be looking? No, I don't really like people getting on that, doing that. I might look at the scoreboard here and there for replay and fall into the score, but we'll see. Um, Come on. Just say, of course I'm going to be looking around what's going on. The, the, you're telling me that if we win, which is clearly the priority, and they lose in another city... We get a bye week? Well, of course you're going to be paying attention to what's going on. And on. I mean, you tell me Kyle Shanahan can't think about two things at once? The man thinks about a million things at once. He has people who can tell him what the score is, so he doesn't have to look. Exactly. He'll have somebody whispering it in his ear if he wants to know. But I don't think he necessarily needs to know that. Well, he doesn't. Because he can't do anything with that information. No, it's yeah, and I think he's one of those guys who is probably telling the truth when he says... That's just clutter. Just, I mean, we're going to do what we're going to do. Those guys are going to do what they're going to do. I mean, of all the not of of the two num, non number one seeds, there's only one team he has to actively worry about being able to beat. And that's Kansas City, and he doesn't have to worry about that till the second week of February. I think they're better than Philadelphia right now. Now, in three weeks, that might be different. Do you? But, I, 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 I just. Clarify a couple things here. We've been told Nick Bosa might be calling us now at any minute. So, you know, phone lines are like the line of scrimmage. He can come across it whenever he wants. There's no stopping him. Um, did you just predict the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, right? No, I did not. I'm not even predicting that they'll win the conference final. I'm saying that if you just took the teams as they are right now, Kansas City is the one team I don't believe they can beat. 
I think Kansas City is going to win the Super Bowl this year. I think Kansas City is the most underreported on, you know, call it Chiefs fatigue, if that's what you want. They're what a, they're they're thirteen and three. They're thirteen and three, but here's why they're the least hyped thirteen and three with an awesome quarterback that's been winning, you know, an awful lot for years now. Thirteen and three I've ever seen. But here's the thing. They haven't blown people out. And I think that's one of the things that generates hype as much as it's supposed to be irrelevant. I think people look at scores and go, you know, okay, how good are you really? They beat Denver by three. You I know. think it's hard. I, I, it's and, like the, the Draymond Green. It's hard to get up to play, you know, the Orlando Magic when you're in your fourth consecutive NBA Finals. I, I And I get that. But this has been their entire season where they they have to work really hard to win games. Um, this is not a, a useful stat, but you know they're they're the team that lost at Indianapolis. They're a team that um, you know they they lost to the Bengals, they lost to the Bills, but they beat Tennessee by three at home. They beat Jacksonville by ten at home. They don't blow teams out. Um, they they beat Denver by six on the road. Good thing Jacksonville they beat, might be a playoff team. Oh, they might be, but at the time they were awful. Uh, they beat Houston by six. My point is they're not looking like the dominant Chiefs team that people are always thinking that they are. They, no, they're not. And, but that to me actually gives them a little more merit. You know, it might, and it might. But you're talking about the hype, not the merit. The hype suggests that they're going. I don't know if I trust them. And by people, casual people talking about trust, they're talking about if they're playing at home, they ought to win by four touchdowns. And that's not who they've been this year. I mean, again, this is a not a useful stat, but it does tell me something. They've given, at least against the spread, they've given a lot of points week in and week out. They're the second worst team in the league against the spread. They have they have 13 wins and they've covered five times. Well, that's, that's, that's how Vegas builds towers, baby. I Which I get. But that's an indication that they are not winning by double digits. And if they're not winning by double digits with that team, the hype is going to be subdued. I'm not trying to argue with you. What is the team consistently winning by double digits? Who are they this year? I would suggest there isn't one. That consistently, more often than not, won by double digits. Because um, it felt like that sort of went out the window in one of the everybody's kind of in the middle NFL seasons we've seen. The Bills, the Cowboys, the Eagles. Bills are plus 157, which is essentially almost 10 a game. It's big. Which means there's, yeah. Um, the Cowboys, plus 145. You know, the, the, the Chiefs, plus 109. So there are teams that have been doing that. I also, and we're just, again, we're talking about hype, not right. actual strength. I, I also think that there is a level of you know, who who gets an opponent's best shot every week more than the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, if you come with anything other than perfect attendance and an A+, perfect attendance and an A+, still gets you flunked out of well, the game. Who's not, who's not doing that against the Eagles? Who's not doing well? I mean, the 49ers are plus 148. You know, that's a team that will pile some points on your ass. Lately, especially. Yeah. I mean, Niners have scored 30 or more points in six of their last nine, including 33 or more in four of their last five, 
and 37 or more now in back-to-back games. So they've really come on with the gaudy point totals lately. Yeah. Welcome to Christian McCaffrey is what that is. Well, that's a welcome to Christian McCaffrey, and that's, well, we're going to let you have 13, and you'll be happy with it. That I mean, because you can't mention McCaffrey without mentioning the defense because they work in tandem. But, yeah, I, I mean, that that is why the hype for Kansas City is as subdued as it is. They haven't steamrolled teams. Dallas has steamrolled teams. 49ers have been doing that. And Buffalo's absolutely been doing it. So, yeah, there are teams that are doing that. Kansas City has not been one of them. Part of the uh, steamrolling 49ers and really one of the biggest steamrollers in the NFL. It's nice enough to join us here and now on Damon and Rattle. We go inside the 49ers locker room presented by Harris Ranch Beef, legendary beef, legendary quality. Shop at your local Raley's, Bel Air, and Knob Hill supermarkets for all of your tailgate needs. Nick Bosa is having a monster year, a career-high 17.5 sacks this season. Those are the stats that are easy to see. You go looking into his pressures. You use your naked eye. You go to the way he just makes teammates better around him. It's easy to say that he has the strongest argument for defensive player of the year. Not even a half an hour ago, we were talking to Peter King, who is a preeminent NFL journalist, and said Nick Bosa has his defensive player of the year vote in his fourth NFL season. He's going to the postseason where they end up, though, we still do not know. And, man, it's been a hell of a ride. Nick, thank you for joining us. Damon Bruce, Ray Ratto with you. And let me just start by talking about how much I enjoy watching you play football, man. It really is fun to watch you play. You destroy games. And that's the – sports greatness means they make it look easy. You make something that is not easy look easy, Nick. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's a big compliment. Um, I definitely have put a lot of work in, so um, it's not easy, but at this point, sometimes it is. <laughs> at what point do you feel that the work that you invested into your health, into your body, really changed the arc of your career? Because if you don't mind me saying, you were pretty studly from day one. So I, I don't know how much more you needed to do to continue that. You've been wrecking games since your you know, defensive rookie of the year season. And the only thing that held you back was an injury. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely helped me a lot. Just um, feeling healthier and, and improving some things. Um, and that's really all it takes to take those, like, five sack jumps in a year is to um, just improve very minute things and um, that's the NFL So, because everybody's really good so um, just finding whatever way you can to improve is kind of the theme of my career. Well and, and you come obviously from a huge football family so I don't want to mean what a personal award would mean to you. I know you're playing for team awards and that means an awful lot to you. What would being named Defensive Player of the Year mean to your dad? <laughs> it would mean a lot to him, but he's proud of me either way, so he'd be happy if I came in second. So, um, But yeah, no, it's definitely a goal since you're a little kid. Whenever you start playing defense, you look at guys who have come through and and won that award and um, I think the number one goal when you play for an organization like this is obviously a Super Bowl but 
um, that would be some icing on the cake for sure. You spoke a minute ago about the minute things that you've worked on. What are the ones that you believe you are better at this year than la- than even last year? What, what are the ones that you look at and go, I'm better this year than I was a year ago? Um, just kind of all around. Um, uh, definitely getting off the ball better. Um, I think I'm moving quicker. Uh, my strength is up, so my power rushes are more effective. And then just um, the more you play, the more you, uh, the more answers you find for certain um, offensive linemen and certain sets and punches and grabs and all the things that you see that O-linemen try to do to slow, de- slow you down. So the more you play, just the more reps, you can't help but get better. Nick Bosa here on 95.7 The Game. How much do you practice where your hand is on the line of scrimmage? I know you, well, I can't remember what game it was, but you got called for, what, offsides on back-to-back plays. And, I mean, that's just you trying to buy a millimeter there. I mean, you're, you're practicing that. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know about practicing exactly where I'm lining up. You usually use your eyeballs for that. But um, I... I don't know. That was that was the Chiefs game, and I just um, I wasn't focused enough on where I was lining up. I was kind of letting the the what was going on on the end of the line of scrimmage kind of mess with me, and I was trying to maybe um, predict plays or whatever it is, and um, I forgot to take a look. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, uh, obviously, you guys are. Happy to come out of Las Vegas with a win. You said that Josh Jacobs is the best running back you've played against all year. What did you think separated him from the pack? Uh, just his cutting ability. Right when he gets the ball, he makes that one cut and then um, and then hits it really hard. And, and he's kind of old school, uh, big dude, uh, short and stocky. So usual arm tackles that'll slow him down don't really slow him down at all, and, and he's explosive. So, um, and I was impressed with their line too. They they were savvy and and found him good lanes, and the scheme was a little different than we faced. Um, kind of that Belichick run game, um, and they took advantage of some things. But um, those are the kind of games that we needed to play going into the playoffs to uh, be ready for whatever is going to be thrown at us down the road yeah that, that was sort of my my follow-up question there i mean obviously i know, you know every player playing defense would prefer the shutout but you do see the merits in in winning a shootout especially when you're you know in real time grooming uh someone who's a third string quarterback to be your starting quarterback between now and the promised land yeah definitely i mean this league um it's never going to be the same each week uh you're going to have to find mul- multiple ways to win and as a defense, we always hold ourselves to the standard of being the reason we win. But when you have an offense that could go and win it and win shootouts and do the things that some of these uh, top offenses throughout the league can do, and then you hone in on what you could do on defense, and th- that combination is what I think could, could take us where we need to go. In any normal game... How long do you think it takes you to get a full sense of who you're going up against and what they want to do? Is it a, is it a, a couple of series? Is it one? Is it do you know right away because you prepped for it? 
Or does sometimes it take a long time? You talk about the offensive tackle I'm facing? Oh, the offensive tackle, the scheme you're running against, just because you're just not facing a tackle. You're usually facing a series right. of people. Yeah, definitely. It takes a little bit. Um, but the more you play in the league, the more um, it's a copycat league. And and the, a lot of the run game stuff is the same throughout the year. And pass rush is pass rush. Um, but things like... Uh, the style of run game that you're going to be facing um, and kind of their the amount of respect that they're giving us as a D-line in, in terms of chipping and, and help and slide and all that stuff. That stuff takes a little bit to get comfortable. Um, that's probably why you see more sacks later in games um, and stuff like that because you do need to get a feel for it and you kind of need to set up what you're what you're planning on um, making that game-changing play with later on. Nick Bosa with us here on 95.7 The Game, talking about his exemplary season that he and his teammates are having. And, and as we said earlier, you know, wrecking offensive lines has been the family business. And, you know, how, how often do you speak with your, your brother about other O-lines, other tackles, how to beat guys when you're playing teams that he might see more often than you do? Do you share tips with each other, or is that sort of, uh, you know, you guys are on separate teams and you're not trying to help anyone out? <laughs> no. Um, we, we talk about it a lot in the offseason when we're training, but um, I think whenever I face, like this year we played the, NF- or the AFC West, um, uh, obviously Joey has some experience with those guys, so I would, I would shoot him a text before, um, in the beginning of that week, and we'd talk FaceTime usually at least once a week. So we'd talk about it, but uh, you know, tips are only going to get you so far in this league. You got to go out and do it. And um, playing the edge position is kind of there's a lot of nuance to it, but when it comes down to it, you just got to go dominate somebody, and um, and that's the main focus I try to get my mind on um, when I run out there. Not to switch gears, but uh, the football world has been talking about what happened uh, Monday night in Cincinnati. Were you watching the game at all? And did you spend much time, you know, watching as, as, you know, DeMar Hamlin's situation unfolded? Or did you walk away? Did you not watch it at all? And do you have any thoughts about it? Yeah, it was on... Um, in my house, and I didn't even think twice about it. I I was uh, watching tape, and it was kind of just on in the background. And then I realized how severe it was. And uh, I know Joe Burrow and and Sam who played for the Bengals, so I talked to them a little bit after. But yeah, it's just awful, um, awful scenario that we really haven't seen in the league. Um, but yeah, I'm just hoping. Hoping it goes as good as it can for his family and everybody involved. Do you think that you and, and your teammates would have made the same choice as the Bengals and Bills made? Because it really felt like that that came from the coaching staffs, the captains, and the players themselves. That we're done here tonight. Not necessarily the league. Yeah, I do. I do. Obviously, have to go through it to to really get an answer on that. But um, yeah, it's too much, especially what what they saw go on out there. Um, it's just too much to keep going 
It was a lot. There is there is no doubt about it. Um, I would love to talk about, and I've been I, I've been hoping that we would get the opportunity to talk to you because I've been wanting to talk to you about one thing in particular since this season started. I want to talk to you right. about your helmet. Oh, yeah. You could probably teach a class on that at Ohio State. I know that players get deeply involved and attached to their equipment choices. What style of helmet are you and Kittle both wearing? I really haven't seen it anywhere else in the league on anyone else. Maybe there, someone else is wearing it. What What is that style of helmet, and why did you choose it? Well, it's pretty simple. It's the most protective helmet you could wear, and um, it's called the Vices Trench. And um, it's basically just the Vices helmet that a lot of guys wear. I don't think the business is doing too great. So um, I ordered a bunch of them to make sure I have them for my, the rest of my career. But um, it's just an, an extra attachment for linemen that is put on the Vices helmet. And um, I've used the Revolution Speed with the little, um, the newest version for most of my career. Um, and then last year, I I just was bumping my head a little bit. Obviously, we played football, and um, and I switched to the to just give it a try to see if it was if it was worth the the goofy look. And I wore it last year in playoffs and didn't feel one thing. So I gave it another try this year, and um, it's far and away the most protective helmet for your head uh people don't wear it because it's ugly and it's big but um i've gotten over that and george doesn't really care either so uh dwelly wears it on our team too so okay guys who are trying to protect their brain so you know they in preseason this year during practice with with contact i know that certain position groups were wearing what were the, those crowns? They look like uh, they look yeah, like an extra yeah, pillow. Guardian. Yeah, yep. yeah, the guardian caps. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you obviously will do something unfashionable in the name of safety. If guardian caps made the NFL safer, if they do make the NFL safer, do you think that that will eventually become an option for players to wear? Um, I don't know. I don't know, just because it's such a big thing, and it, and those things come off pretty easily and get all messed up. Um, and they block the logo. I guess you could put a logo on them, but um, I, I don't need one with with the helmet I got. The thing is indestructible, so I'm I'm all good. How many other guys in the league do you know that wear it, or are you still a small small minority? I think. I've, well, the reason I tried it is because I saw some some uh, O linemen wearing it. I think a dude from a couple guys from Green Bay's O line last year was wearing it, and I was just fed up with with uh, um, some of the hits I was taking. So, and I play I play really physically, and um, so I switched, and it's just like not even close. So. Did you ever see the movie Spaceballs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you feel a little bit? Goofy. Do you feel a little bit like you're wearing the Spaceballs helmet? <laughs> but yeah, once you once you uh, once you wear something enough, it kind of becomes like your image. And um, I think it. I mean, if anybody's going to make it fashionable, I think me and George could do it. 
it, look at it this way. It's it's going to take some serious production underneath that helmet to make it fashionable. And you guys are both absolutely putting it up. Um, you know, did you and George have a conversation about this helmet? Do you guys hang out or is it sort of other sides of the ball and, and not very often? Or do you get together in your offseason programs? Uh, me and George. Yeah. Yeah, we hang out. Um, I don't think I saw him this off season, but just because I'm in Florida and he's in Tennessee, but uh, we were in Vegas right when the off season started, and we hang we hang out a decent amount throughout the season. Obviously, we're busy, but um, yeah, we're good friends. And uh, he saw me wearing it, and. I'm sure his wife probably told him he needs to start wearing it or something. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Bosa here with us on 95.7 The Game. Um, so we were trying to figure this out. I- I'm a Big Ten guy myself. Obviously, you know, your time at Ohio State. Did you ever play against David Blau when he was at Purdue? I, I don't think you guys met at-, at any point in time. I don't think we did. No, I don't know much about him. Uh, is he a stationary target? Do you, does he look like two sacks to I you? Just, I, I don't. I don't get too excited with the Cardinals because uh, Kingsbury doesn't like to let our D line have very much fun. So they're going to be ripping that ball out first read for most of the day. We just got to stop the run. Um, hopefully, get a little lead and then and then go from there. Do you take pride in being the most held player in football? No, that is not a good accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it means they're, they're having trouble slowing you down, I guess. I guess it's sort of a, a compliment, even though it's not an accomplishment. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Are you the most yoked guy on this team? And if you're not, who is? Oh, man, that is a tough question for me to answer. Um, but... Um, I'd say Marcelino takes that. He's a practice squad linebacker. That dude is built differently. All right. All right. Look out, practice squad. Um, uh, Look, I'm not going to bring up the Peach Bowl. Uh, It probably didn't make you happy, and I don't want to make you mad. So let me ask this instead as a true Buckeye. uh, How happy would you be to see Harbaugh leave that school up north just to go back to the NFL? Um, I kind of like I kind of like him there. He fits that team up north vibe, um, and I like when we beat him. We haven't beat him in a couple of years, but I think he fits fits them really well, uh, and he's easy not to like. So I wouldn't mind if he stayed. Well, I tell you what, you you fit this team incredibly well. I think that you've just been. Uh, phenomenal this year and I hope you keep it up and keep healthy because I think you guys got a lot more football left in front of you we haven't asked you at all about Brock Purdy and I don't think you've probably you you probably never expected to get that you know many questions about a third string quarterback in your entire life but here we are and this guy's just blowing out any and all expectations anyone could have for him how impressed by by him or you because he just recently did an article where he said he, you know, he couldn't believe he was changing next to Nick Bosa a few lockers down when he got to the 49ers. So he was obviously impressed by you. How impressed are you by him? Oh, man, I couldn't be more impressed. Um, just second quarterback goes down. You think your season's in jeopardy, uh, even with the team that we have. But he's 
he's exceeded expectations by just about anybody. Um, and I mean, he's been putting up points every single week and getting the ball to all of our playmakers efficiently. He's been smart with the ball. He's, um, he's, he's elusive. He could, he could run when he needs to. He's accurate. Um, there's really not much you you could uh, hate on so far. I think he has the best QB rating in the league since he's been in. So, um, not bad for Mr. Relevant. Not bad at all. You know, speaking of not bad, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this guy's just, he's a perfect fit. What, what do you think makes him the perfect player for Kyle's offense? I think uh, just his mentality of, of wanting to perfect everything. It kind of goes along with Kyle and um, he's going to continue to get better in the run scheme, just learning how to play his blocks and and uh, play the scheme. Um, and obviously the receiving ability is great. I just think he's a perfect fit with this team because of how he works and um, just how, how important it is to him. Nick, our, uh, our friends at Harris Ranch Beef are going to send you 10 pounds of prime steaks for joining us today. And you get to choose your cut. Do you want the well, ribeyes? here, baby. The, the, the ribeyes, the porterhouses, or the New York strips? The strips last time were really good. But can I do an assortment, maybe? That- you know what? For Nick Bosa, for Nick Bosa, we were, we're, we're going to figure this out. We will tell Harris's Nick would like the assortment. And we'll tell them that you know where they are, and you'll be knocking on their door personally if they don't hook you up. Uh, we'll we'll try to make it happen for you, man. Is it true? Is there a word running through the 49ers locker room? You come on with us, you get steaks. Oh yeah, that's that's uh, might be why you keep getting guests. <laughs> oh no, it's definitely why we keep getting guests. It's not. It's not because no, of our love you guys. our charm and charisma. That too, it, it helps. It helps. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nick, for joining us. Good luck the rest of the way. Good health to you, and uh, keep it up, man. Two more. You get Alden's record. Is that true? That is true. We need to get there. Go get him. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. See you. Nick Bosa, here on 95.7 The Game. He was great. He opened up finally. I think it was the charm, Ray. No, it's the meat. Trust me. It's the meat. Did you hear how excited he was as soon as I got to it? Oh like, yeah, that's why oh, I'm no, here. He, yeah, he was looking at his watch. He's going, when when did it, when did they start talking beef? He's like, he asked me a yoked question that could be like transitioning into a food group. Only if he was a cannibal. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think I'm I'm a little disappointed that he didn't say, hey, can I double the order and get an assortment? I mean, if you're gonna go, go big, Grandy. Passing on to sales that we need an assortment. He liked the strip steaks, but he needs some porterhouses and ribeyes too. And he's got 17 and a half sacks. So he can get whatever he wants. I'll send it up the chain. We'll figure it out. You run that right up the chain. Up the chain. <sighs> Good God. How far How far do you think the chain goes? Where does it end, Ray? Oh, it dies at that door. Not the corners of true power in this nation? No. No? As soon as Grandy leaves the office, that's done. <laughs> uh, thanks so much to the Niners for getting us Nick Bosa. He was great. He is definitely warming up uh, to 
talking. I mean, there's, we got a lot more out of Nick this year than we did in, in year one for sure. So that was good. And uh, we thank him very much for joining us. Good job on the Niners for setting that up. Good job by Harris Ranch Beef for feeding the Niners as well. And when we come on back, we've got one more note or two to pass along about how Warriors got a good little interview, uh, good, good little opportunity in front of them here tonight and they should go out of their way to take advantage of it so stick around it's warriors wednesday brought to you by friedman's appliance a trusted name in the bay area since 1922 and our merch store it's live and open you can check it all out at 957thegame.com tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Hey, a win tonight over the Detroit Pistons puts the Golden State Warriors three games over 500 for the very first time all season. So you should probably go ahead and do that. Pistons are 5-17 and 17 on the road. They've won only 10 games all year. The Warriors got a five-game winning streak going. That is actually the third longest active winning streak in the NBA right now. We know that Andrew Wiggins is not playing tonight. He is out with non-COVID illness. Kaminga also out with a right foot injury. And who did you also say? Was it Jermichael Green? And not only are they going to be sat tonight... Anthony Slater reported hours ago that they are going to be pretty much scratched the remainder of this homestand. So they're going to miss tonight, Orlando, and then when the Suns get here next week. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be interesting for them because of all the things we've talked about with this team all year, one thing rings truest. When they win, they hold the other team to 110. When they lose, it's 120 and up. No more difficult than that. And these guys ought to be able to defend. Because defense, even a complicated one like the Warriors play, is still the easiest part of the game. Look, a little bit of health, a little bit of defense, a little success on the road, and they should start looking like the Golden State Warriors again. It shouldn't be that hard for them. Especially, you know, like, look, when they all get healthy... 
How many teams are really trotting out four guys giving the league 20 or more a night? The, the Warriors are very close. You got Steph dropping 30 on the league a night. Poole getting you 20 and a half a night. Clay's getting 20 right now. And Wiggins is at 19. You know, this needed to be a get right homestand for the Warriors. They're getting right. They're not even healthy yet. I, I, I just see good things starting to come their way. I mean, I'm giving you stock up reports on DiVincenzo, who I think is, is finding his place on this team. Uh, Kaminga, even though he's injured right now, he's starting to find himself in his game. Lamb, look, he's. I, I, I kept on asking, why are they going to this guy? Why are they continuing to play him? Because he works for them. He works. The guy grinds. He does. He does all the dirty little, nasty little, ugly things that if Draymond's on, not on the floor, they're, they're not doing them. Well, if he doesn't grind, he can't be in the league. Simple as that. And it's not just about being here. It's about that's what his talent level is. You, you grind or you go. But look, as we start looking at this league, assessing who's got what, who's going to be positioned where, I just see this. Steph, Poole, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney, DiVincenzo, Kaminga, Lamb. That's nine guys. That's all you're really playing in the postseason anyway. You know, it's a nine-man rotation and if Andre Iguodala is going to show up and do anything, you figure they're saving him for when the lights are burning the brightest in the postseason. Well, that's what they've said. Yeah. So you throw him into that mix. Patrick Baldwin Jr. has got a little bit of an opportunity to show he's got a reason to get played. So, and, and by the way, he is he's probable for tonight. Given who's not going, I hope he can go because he's got minutes waiting for him tonight if he can play. Um, oh, he'll be played. Warriors just get more don't and have more interesting. Otherwise. More and more interesting. More and more interesting. Every single time we look up and at them. And it's been, it's been one of their most interesting seasons only because you officially never know what you're going to get. I mean, the Warriors, if anything, their sin was becoming too predictable, too successful. Well, but they're weird. And they're still weird now. Because, again, they're 20 and 18 on merit. Because they don't defend well enough, often enough, to be the Warriors you're thinking of. When they do that, the dynamic will change. And as long as it takes them to figure out how to do that, that's how long they're going to be weird. I mean, as much as we love to talk about offense, the fact is this dynasty was built on their ability to keep other teams from doing what they wanted. Uh, since we're talking about injuries and returning from them, uh, the 49ers opened up Elijah Mitchell's practice window today, so they're going to have 21 days to evaluate him as ready to go again and put him back on the roster unless there's any sort of regular season, postseason reset of the protocol that it takes there, right? Do you know? I, I don't believe there is. I believe 21 days is 21 days. McCaffrey, Greenlaw, Kinlaw were all held out of practice today for precautionary reasons and a little, uh, a little nursing, if you will. Uh, both... Nick Bosa, who was just fabulous with us just a moment ago, and Trent Williams got vet days off today. Uh, great day out of Peter King today. Really good interview with him, and uh, thanks an awful lot uh, to you, Ray. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that with a straight face. No, I can't. I can't do it with a straight face. Because tomorrow, uh, do you know who you're working with tomorrow? I believe it's that criminal Gleason. Oh, Whitey. Be nice to him just once. He's no. such a good guy. He's a turd. He's such a good guy. Well, speaking of that, 
you know, I'm not going to be the guy who films it for you to make a public service announcement, but I feel like since I'm officially going in for one of these, and it's a thing that guys worry about, I'm just going to share it. The reason why I'm not going to be in tomorrow, which is I look at you know some of our, our streaming things and, and our messages here. Well, there's a, there's a guy named Doug Handler who just does not like me. Well, Doug, I got two good pieces of news for you tomorrow. Whitey Gleason will be in for me tomorrow. And someone is going to be completely up my rear end. And it's not you on the text line. I'm getting my first colonoscopy tomorrow, Ray. You described it in such a way that I hope it goes poorly. Well, where, how, You just put an image in my head that I'm going to have to boil my brain to get how, out. How do you think they do these things? I know exactly Check how they do them. Check my ear? I know how they do them. I've had them done. But you explaining it to me and having me think about it, that's just wrong. Is there anything I should know? You got any colonoscopy advice for me? They'll put you out. You'll be groggy the rest of the day. And it might carry over till tomorrow. But hope that uh, you're clean as a whistle. I, I got jokes, but I'm not going to share any of them with you. I will tell you, though, that John Dickinson... Clean as a whistle is a broadcast. Yeah, what a, what a segue this will be. John Dickinson is coming up next, brought to you by Fremont Bank. It's Warriors Live. He's going to get you ready with Warriors and Pistons. Next year on 95.7 The Game. Again, thank you very much to Peter King, to uh, to Nick Bosa for joining us. John, thank you for filling in for Lucas. That green wave flew, man. It really got him. Took him right out. Took him right out. He's a malingering fraud. Thank you. Uh, Grandy, awesome job out of you today. Really appreciate everyone tuning in. Get home safe. Uh, bomb cyclone. Looks like it's gone off a little anyways. So be careful out there. Uh, I would be, uh, I, I, I hope you all sandbag everything and don't get flooded wherever you are. Me, hopefully no flooding tomorrow. Anything, you, anything again, else, right? Again, you can't help yourself. This is why I hope they do this with a driver. Oh. Colonoscopies don't build character. They reveal it. Ugh. And like that, he's gone. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.